Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Fresh From The Hill, inside stories of noteworthy Cornellians. I'm your host for this series of episodes, Yasmin Almadine, class of 2016. I'm here with Nina Coutinho of the class of 2008. So thank you so much for uh, being here, Nina. Thanks, Yasmin. I'm excited to be here. So tell me a little bit about your time before Cornell. Uh, where were you growing up? Uh, what made you decide to go to Cornell? Um, yeah, so I am from Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada. Woo. I was born and raised here, and now I live here. Yeah, woo. <laughs> um, I was very lucky. When I was about, I think, five or six years old, we had a family friend who was living in Ithaca and uh, and. I think attending school at Cornell, um, and she and her husband are sort of long-standing Cornell community people, and uh, they got married at Sage Chapel. And so, when I was five or six, I was the flower girl at their wedding, and that was sort of the beginning of it all. Uh, that was the first time I visited the campus, and I, you know, fell in love and had lots of great memories. Used to go back and visit them often with my family, and then. You know, uh, 12 years later, I guess, I ended up there as a student, and um, and the rest is history. <laughs> That's so cool. So when you, do you remember being a flower girl? Did you like the Sage Chapel? Like, what, what kind of sparked that? Yeah, I do. I remember in great detail for some reason Sage Chapel, and it ended up being my second home when I was there because, uh, when I was a student at Cornell, because... I was in the chorus and we used to rehearse there and perform there. So it was kind of a, it's kind of a touch point in my life. But uh, yeah, I remember the wedding. I remember just being in awe of the campus and thinking it was so beautiful. Of course, it was a fall wedding. So Ithaca in the fall is, uh, is the most romantic so of times. Exactly. Um, so easy to fall in love with the campus then. Um, I do, the, the whole wedding was wonderful. And I, and I remember just, just being in love with it. But I, I did have... Um, a kind of funny memory from it. We, uh, before the wedding, the bride and the flower girls, myself and my sister, we were all getting ready in the crypt in Sage Chapel. Oh my God. <laughs> um, which as a, a small child is kind of uh, dramatizing. So I do have very distinct memories of being like, are these people's gray? Like, are there, are there dead people here? Um, which was kind of a funny way to start a wedding. But it, uh, the, the rest of the wedding was fabulous. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a strange uh, start to a wedding. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think they still do that. I think that's, that's, that's sort of the place where the bride gets ready. It's quite, mm. quite funny. They should, anyway. they should tell the brides up front, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, so, then, so then you got to Cornell, and I know you were involved in a bunch of things, like you said, the chorus and bass. So can you kind of walk us through your time at Cornell? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I arrived at Cornell and because I was from Toronto, I actually originally attended Prepare oh, great. Uh, bef- before I attended Orientation, which was pretty interesting um, because it brought together people from all over the world. So it's sort of an international orientation that preceded uh, you know, regular orientation for freshmen. And so I met some of my lifelong friends there. I'd say, you know, that group of friends were still incredibly close. Some of them have moved to Toronto um, and we're all, we remain, um, you know, the best of friends, which is amazing. Um, and then after that, I got in, involved with a lot of clubs. I was very lucky um, to to get to be a part of a number of organizations. So um, 
I joined Absolute Acapella, the Cornell University Chorus, which is the women's um, choir. Then I joined Bass Productions, which is a dance team. I joined Lambda Theta Alpha Latin Sorority Incorporated. And then I joined After Eight uh, Acapella later in my years. So yeah, lots of lots of extracurriculars. Um, I don't know, looking back, when I had time to go to school, but, um, but definitely got very involved with the uh, with the extracurricular life at Cornell. That's so great. And what what made you get so involved in all these different um, groups on campus? Um, or what did you I, like about them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that I'm a serial joiner, <laughs> so I just like to I like to get involved with things. Um, so I think I think that's part of it. Um, but I love to sing and dance, and so definitely you know got a lot out of those arts groups. Um, and then I joined my sorority in my junior year, so quite late um, at Cornell and in my time at Cornell. But I just I met these women in this organization, and I really um, I met them doing community service work, and I just you know fell in love with the organization and fell in love with with them, and uh, and it was it was a great experience. I'm really glad that that I got a chance to do that as well. That's so great. And talk to us about your. Um... I guess, major and um, academic life at Cornell for you. You said you don't know how, how you had time to study, but how did you have time? <laughs> I, I, I did. I did. I, um, I had a wonderful academic experience as well. Um, so my major was in anthropology, and I did two concentrations, one in international relations and another in inequality studies. Nice. So, yeah, I was really... Um, really happy to be able to do those concentrations uh, so that I got a breadth of, of um, experience and types of courses. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I, I really loved my, my major anthropology was, uh, was the right fit for me. So I was, I was very lucky to, to have found it right away. That's great. So I guess you did so many incredible things on campus. So how did you like apply it to um, after you graduated? What, you you uh, what were you up to after graduation? Yeah, um, so when I was in my junior year, I decided to do the Cornell and Washington program, mm. and so that took me to Washington. Well, the summer in Washington program. So after junior year, I went to uh, to DC for their summer program, where you take a couple courses and you do an internship. Um, and I was lucky to get an internship at the Roosevelt Institute. Um, and so I did sort of policy work there for the summer. And then the following year, um, when I was coming up on graduation, they actually hired me back. And so I went to DC with, with a lot of Cornellians. I feel like there's always a, a big influx of, of Cornellians to DC right after graduation. So there were, there were tons of us, which was really, really exciting. Um, and yeah, I ended up working for the Roosevelt Institution in, uh, in Washington, DC then, um, for a year before I came back to Canada. That's great. And did you, like you said, there was a lot of, uh, Cornellians in DC. Did you join the club there or did you, um, spend time with them? Like, was that a bit helpful in the transition into the real world? Yeah, I, I actually did not, I, I have to say, I did not join the Cornell Club in D.C., not not for any specific reason, except mm. that, you know, there were so many of us, like, there were, you know, maybe like 10 of my closest friends, we all ended up in the city together, and so it kind of 
it felt like a very gentle transition, to be honest. Um, my two roommates were two of my best friends from Cornell, and uh, and we had a number of friends in the neighborhood, and it just kind of felt like an extension of, of a Cornell dorm in its own strange way. Um, and so, so it was very, it was very easy. That's so great. That's yeah. a great transition. So, um, after you said you went to Canada, what were you up to in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the frozen North. Um, so I returned after, after Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's might be worth talking about visas. So I was in Canada, or sorry, in the States, um, with my student visa, of course, and then did the extension that you have for a year. But after that, you know, you have to get a working visa. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was 2008, 2009, so um, height of the recession. It was really challenging to get uh, a job, let alone a visa. So I think, you know, a lot of us were in a, in a tough spot. And so most, inter- or a lot of international friends, um, we all ended up having to leave after our extension, after that one year extension was over. And so I came back to Toronto, um, which had always been my long-term plan. So, so you know, happy to be back in this wonderful city. Um, and then I just had to look for a job. And so um, came back and my path can sort of continue to meander. Um, I have had many, many jobs in many, many industries um, and enjoyed every one of them. So. So yeah, when I came back uh, to Toronto, I needed a job and I ended up working as an executive assistant to the vice president at a plastics company, um, randomly. Wow, um, in, Yeah, in manufacturing. I mean, like I said, it was the height of the recession, so you got to do something to pay the bills. And uh, and that's what I ended up doing. And to be honest, I loved it. I had a great time um, and a great mentor in uh, in the VP that I worked for, and he gave me a ton of really interesting projects to work on, and um, and allowed me to sort of create my own project and uh, to to find my path. So it was uh, it was it ended up being a really great experience, and I learned a lot about finance actually because he was the VP of finance. So learned a lot about financial modeling and um, and reporting and things like that, which is pretty interesting. That's great. And you said you you um, ended up having a lot of different jobs and you kind of your path meandered. I know a lot of young alumni or just students in general um, are kind of scared of doing that. What did you learn from this or what advice do you have uh, for someone who doesn't really see a linear path for themselves? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I I think that the beauty is in, is in the meandering, if that makes sense. For sure. Um, I think that if you are a naturally curious person, um, you can find interesting things in so many different industries. And I think you shouldn't be afraid of that because as long as you know you are you're paying your bills and you are you know learning something and you feel like you're expanding your mind and you're challenging yourself, I'd say don't be afraid of taking a total risk on a totally new field. I think one of the great fears that I have. Um, when I when I talk to young people today, I suppose that makes me sound a million years old. Um, but when I when I talk to high school students and university students in in varying um, mm-hmm. varying capacities, they often express an anxiety about you know I have to choose something and I have to I have to have a career. Yeah. Um, and I need to know what that career is and I need to go after it and I need to do take all of the right steps to achieve that career and. 
I just, I don't know. I'm here to say you don't have to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I just sort of took it one job at a time. Um, I started in policy. I really loved policy. Uh, I thought that I would stay in that. And then, you know, circumstances dictated that I came back to Toronto and, um, you know, financial, the financial crisis being what it was, I, I ended up in plastics manufacturing, um, but in the finance side, and that was totally unexpected and definitely not something that I had ever planned on, but I ended up really enjoying finance and finance and financial modeling. Um, and then family situation dictated that I worked at the family business for some time. Um, and then I worked in charity for a while. I worked for free the children, which was a great experience as well. Um, in corporate sponsorship. And then while I was there, I started my own business, um, fulfilling my, my familial destiny to be an entrepreneur. Um, and then I was running that business for a while. It started to grow. And while it was growing, I decided to do my MBA, um, on the recommendation of my, of my family. And I ended up having, you know, really incredible experience in my MBA at McGill. Um, and during that, one of the best pieces was, you know, meeting a mentor who suggested that I try working for a big business. And I had never intended on doing that, to be honest. I never really wanted to work for the man. Um, I always thought I would stay in small business. That's kind of where I was raised. Um, and so I did that. I went and worked for the Toronto Star, which is a big corporation here, um, runs one of the biggest newspaper dailies in the country. And I worked there in product management, which um, is in in sort of the technology world and um and i got to know got to know the technology world and i got to know the media world and i really fell in love with it and stayed on there and then i then i went and worked in banking and analytics which was sort of a combination of technology and finance and then um i went from there back to toronto star and then to four seasons where i was probably the only cornelian where uh, who, there who didn't have a hospitality degree, um, <laughs> which is very confusing to people. Um, and then now I've ended up at Shopify where I'm a, a, pro, a product senior product manager in uh, at Shopify. So anyway, I couldn't, I don't know that when I was at Cornell, I could have predicted that I had, I would have had 10 careers probably in the 10 years that uh, since I've left, but all have taught me something like, and, and, just bringing a curious attitude to all of them um, has meant that I've learned a ton of cool things along the way. And all of those, the, the collective, you know, learnings of all of those 10 careers makes me great at my job now. Um, but I couldn't have predicted that before. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that's such great advice and such a great mindset to take to all of this. Yeah. I'd say that, that the beauty is in, is in the meandering and that, you know, if you're curious, any of those different roles can be interesting and you can learn something from it. Um, there is, there are so much, so many jobs and so many things that I, that I ended up doing that I didn't even know existed when I went to Cornell, let alone when I graduated. So, um, I ended up in a field that is totally unrelated to what I ever thought I was going to be working in. And it's, you know, it's, deeply rewarding to me and actually interestingly is highly related to my original major, but I had no idea when I was setting out that I would end up, end up where I am now. Wow. Um, yeah. How so? How is it related to your major? 
Yeah. So my, my major was in anthropology and Mm -hmm. in anthropology, you do a lot of ethnography um, and you learn to talk to people, understand their motivations, understand their pain points, find um, connections between different interviews that you do. And now I am a product manager in technology and a huge part of what we do is user research. And in that user research, the the goal of it really is to figure out what they're struggling with, figure out what they, what motivates them, what they're interested in, et cetera, and then build products to serve them, build products to uh, address their pain points. And I never, I did not put that connection together on purpose. Those things had, you know, I can't, I can't claim any grand design in any of this. Um, But it turns out that, you know, the, the major that I, started with ended up being like the most valuable, ended up giving me the most valuable skill set to my highly technical job. Wow. That's, that's such an incredible connection. That's so great. So, so um, you're, you're in Toronto, as you said, how do you stay connected to Cornell today? Um, Yeah. So I am lucky. We have a great Cornell club in Toronto um, full of, you know, really active and enthusiastic membership. So uh, I do attend the events and I and I participate. I also organized a couple events this year. So um, participated in Cornell Cares Day around the world. So Cornell Cares Day is a day of service uh, that the that Cornell clubs around the world organize. So around the same time, early January, um, Cornell clubs and you know, organizations across the world all do community service simultaneously. So um, the idea that this is a day on which Cornell University as an organization worldwide gives back to its communities um, inside and outside of Ithaca, which I think is just my favorite Cornell activity. I think that it is. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's how we met, actually. Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, so I think we're probably a biased, biased sample, but um, but I just think it's the it's such a beautiful thing for an organization that is you know is has given us so much and and obviously comes with its own set of privileges to to you know put concerted effort as an institution around the world to giving back to its to its communities. So yeah, I think it's the, and you know, without getting too much into it, I do think it's also the extension of like the land grant, um, institution. Sure. So Cornell belongs to the community as much as, as to its members. Mm-hmm. And specifically this year, you hosted such an amazing event. So do you want to talk more about that event? Uh, sure. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Yasmin. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, uh, I took, I took the mantle from Yasmin and I, um, organized another event at a women's shelter in Toronto. We went and we helped in the, in the building doing some cleaning and things like that. Uh, but mostly we ran games and did crafts with, uh, with the kids that are, um, are the children who live in the shelter for um, women who are escaping domestic violence. And we had such a good time. The kids were wonderful. We had maybe, I don't know, 20 kids, Yasmin? Yeah, a lot of kids. It was so much fun. It was fun. We made slime. We made a lot of slime. (laughs) Um, I didn't didn't know what it was, to be honest. My eight-year-old niece recommended that. And uh, and turns out, you know, if you want to find a game for kids, ask ask a kid because she knew what was up. We made a lot. We, uh, the kids loved it. 
And yeah, and that day was so. such an Ithaca and like Cornell day. It was a snowstorm, but obviously everyone yeah. still showed up because we were like, oh, we know this. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody showed up in their Cornell gear and we had such a range, we had a range of ages, genders. Um, we even had somebody bring, um, she's a, she's a therapist and she brought her therapy dog, um, which was really great for some of the kids. Um, to get to interact with an animal who is, you know, who is trained to to work with people who have experienced trauma. So, yeah, it ended up being a, a really great, a great day. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I also stay involved with the Cornell University Chorus in a lot of ways. So they recently came on tour uh, to Ontario and Quebec. And so we hosted them in Toronto for a couple of concerts. And, and that went really well, two sold out concerts back to back. So very happy about that. Um, yeah, they were incredible. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think I can really take credit for it. But, um, but Robert and, uh, and the chorus are, are doing a phenomenal job. They're really great. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I stay involved. And then I am lucky. I count many of my closest friends um, as being, you know, among my closest friends, I count many, many Cornelians. They, we've stayed in touch and we're all over the world, but we, uh, but we go and visit each other and commun- you know, and stay in touch in so many ways. That's so great. So I, my last question that I've been asking all my guests is what is your favorite spot on campus and why? Oh, wow. Um, there are so many, <laughs> um, <laughs> um there's a bench outside Sage Chapel between, between Sage Chapel and Olin, sort of in that little courtyard area, um, which is where I first, you know, took those, like, where I was, where I took wedding photos for that wedding when I was the flower girl, um, and I always return to it when I go back and, and take pictures, and um, sort of, it's sort of where I've grown up at Cornell, so there's like a, a series of photos of me from all of the years around there, um, which is kind of nice. Kind of feels like where I where I grew up as a person. So I call that my favorite spot. And that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and sharing all your perspectives. Uh, we really appreciated having you and talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks so much for joining and listening to that episode. If you enjoyed listening to me talk, you can check out my other podcast, Witty, Women in Tech Talk to Yaz where I share stories of women disrupting the technology industry. This podcast music was written, produced, and recorded by Kia Albertson-Rogers, class of 2013. You can contact him at koa3 at cornell.edu. You can find out more about the show and ways to stay involved with Cornell at alumni.cornell.edu slash youngalumni and on the Facebook page, Cornell Young Alumni Programs. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Fresh From The Hill on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.